want to do that. Brother Savala, we're glad you're here. And once again, I want you just to obey the Holy Ghost. Just do what you feel tonight. Amen. God bless you. Come. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Five of us. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. This is a day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I had the privilege of being in the revival where that song was birthed from. So when I, when I sing that song, it's different from just singing a song. I, I couldn't help that I, I took off running because I remember my daughter hadn't been uh, born too long and I wanted her to know what it was like to be running the aisles from the earliest stage. And I had her, her little head bopping like this. Folks more worried, well, what's that going to do to the baby? I don't really don't care. She's praying folks through the Holy Ghost now, so it did okay back then. Amen, hallelujah. That's all she's ever known from a young child. It started with songs like, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice. Oh, hallelujah. When that song started going, it was memory after memory. It wasn't just singing at the moment. Oh, praise God. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Well, see, now, if we just got everybody, I'm just going to tell you what was, what was here and what's here. Now, look around. Everybody look around. Just look around. Hey, no visitor. Hallelujah. That ain't depressing. Some folks are depressed. Well, we're in revival. I ain't no visitor. That's all right. See, the Lord already told me I'm staying here until it breaks. There's already been visitors, and folks are going to get the Holy Ghost. You know what? The Holy Ghost is trying to help some of us to a place, a restoration of praise in our hearts that we haven't had in a long time. Now, let me ask you something. You really want somebody to come in and sit there where we just got to be cheerleaded all the time? Or do you want something that what's starting to really happen here, even pre-service prayer, Holy Ghost is starting to move? Not just every once in a while, but it's becoming consistent. The Holy Ghost is waiting on a few more of us. Oh, when we all get in one mind and one place and we get in a unity of spirit. See, I, you know, it, it, it's just funny to me because I, I, I got too much to draw from. Y'all at are disadvantaged. I just got too much to draw from. I, I mean, outside now, Pastor, I know he's probably seen hundreds get the Holy Ghost out there in Africa. I don't know what you've seen here in the States. I've seen a hundred get the Holy Ghost in two services. I don't know how many services I've seen over 20, 25, 30 folks get the Holy Ghost. Now, that's in, that's in a revival setting. Now, I know, folks, well, how many's left? I don't know. I don't count all that. I'm just telling you, I saw it. When you see it, it doesn't, you can't take that away. When you're in the middle of it, you can't take it away. In personal revivals, the most I've seen in one, in one service, get the Holy Ghost, was 12. In a matter of about five minutes. There was 15 that needed the Holy Ghost. 12 of them, just like that. We couldn't even get to them fast enough, lay hands on them. They, just, they were already worshiping. You know what it took? I'm just going to tell you, I was only at that church for one weekend. I don't have a whole lot of time on that. I was there for one. Well, you all just sit down, just sit down. Uh, Bank of America is going to preach the message today. Um, no, you think I'm joking. How many of you got a bank account with Bank of America? Ain't nobody here? You all disenfranchised folks. God bless you. Amen. Well, I do. And Bank of America preaches at me. Every time I open that, the Bank of America app, it says, what would you like the power to do? 
That's his tagline. Every time I open up Bank of America, what would you like the power to do? And every time I open it up, I think, and he is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that I ask or think according to the power that worketh in me. I told you, Bank of America going to preach tonight. They may be a carnal, robbing institution, but they got a good tagline. What do you want the power to do? I ain't talking about the power of money. I'm talking about the power of the Holy Ghost. When it doesn't seem like anybody's interested, God's still interested. I'm still interested. I'm still going to praise him like I lost my mind. I'm still going to worship him. Oh, hey, I got messages, folks. Now, I know some of you, some of you just think I'm just, uh, just an evangelist trying to hype everybody up. So, look, I got messages. I got a good message here called The Devil Hates Water. I might preach that one. I got another one about the Passover. I got another one on, on the lions had the mastery of them. That's a serious one. I may preach that one before this revival. I got notes. I got titles. I got a lot of stuff. But tonight, the Holy Ghost uh, wants to help some of us uh, just a little bit further. Oh, my God, have mercy. You just can't unsee some things. You can't unwind some things. And if you only do, you know what I feel like right now in this revival? I feel like, I feel like, no, I will not say that. I feel like Jesus must have felt when he was sitting there and he said, Oh, Jerusalem, if you only knew, if you only recognized what belonged, what was yours. But you missed it. Oh, I've been in a couple revivals where folks, they ended up aborting the revival. It didn't come like they thought it was going to come. They ended up carnal. What are all the stuff? Did they shut it down? I don't feel that here. But I am going to tell you, what do you really want the power to do? When you walk in every church service, what do I want the power of God to do in this service right now? From the very youngest to the oldest among us. I was preaching in a place here not too long ago. Uh, there was an 85-year-old, I believe she was 85, over, she was over 80, backslidden. Uh, she had come to the Lord in her 20s. Her husband wanted nothing to do with it. Uh, she backslid, left God. Uh, her husband died about five years ago. Uh, she came back to God somewhere in the last two years. Uh, when I was preaching, uh, and we began just to worship God, uh, an 80-something-year-old lady uh, took off this trot in the house, uh, worshiping God. What do you want the power to do? What do you want? How will you respond uh, when it's your prayer request? Uh, when it's your person uh, that comes in uh, and prays through the Holy Ghost? What do you want the power to do? Oh, you didn't know I was going to use that analogy. I need a water. Anybody got a water? Water, 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 water. Oh, sorry, that's a different song. Um, Amen. <laughs> so, <laughs> if my wife was here, she'd be like, oh, you can't do that. Anyway, hallelujah. Woo, praise God. I need a water. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Anyways, y'all be seated. I didn't mean to excite you. And so, what do you want the power to do? Now, years ago, there was, in, in 19, uh, let's see, it would have been 99, first year evangelizing, um, and, 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 uh, in Stockton, or going through Stockman's Bank in California, they had another tagline. said, you have more power than you think. You have more power than you think. Talk to some of you young folks here. You can get, and God wants you to get so inebriated in the Holy Ghost. 
so drunk in the Holy Ghost where it's not just clapping and you mean it, you're sincere and I'm not knocking, but a place in God where you are forever marked, not by who I am as a Pentecostal, as in that's my religion and that's my church, but you're marked by an experience that I can can never get away from what God did way back over there. Matter of fact, I like it so much. Here's what I want the power to do again. If there ain't somebody to pray through, God, do it on me again. God, do it on me again. I ain't satisfied with just a little jerk here and a little touch there. He's able to do exceeding. Now, now Pastor already alluded to it. He didn't know I was going to use the example. Yeah, no. I'm going to use it anyway. I'm just going to tag in on that part. Them folks, and there's some here. Now you won't, you don't say it, say. It. So, you kind of. Well, I just get my blessing watching other people get their blessing. You know, I just, ooh, just, mm. and uh, and so, anybody thirsty? Watch this. Feel better? Let me help you. I try to get. Mm. I hope you're thirsty at all. Uh-uh. You're thirsty enough? You want, you're going to go find you something. That requires action. That requires a locomotive ability on your part. I have to move. What do I want the power to do? Stir up. Watch this. Now we talk. I heard people pray. Oh, God, stir us. Oh, stir me. Oh, it's so unbiblical and even funny. I ain't here. You stir up the gift, Timothy. Right. Not Jesus over there stirring you up. You stir up the gift. That's what the Bible said. There's a whole lot. We want Jesus. Well, I'll just hit this and run. There's a whole lot of folks right now. They asking everybody to pray. Now notice what the Bible said. The Bible said, if any among you afflicted, let him pray. That word affliction isn't sickness. That's later on for the elders. That word is you got confusion, you got problems, you got emotional deals going. Any of you afflicted in the mind and in the spirit, let him pray. But oh no, not today. We want you to pray. And we want the pastor to pray. We want everybody to pray, but me pray. You gotta stir up some of your own stuff. You gotta learn what it's like to pray until you pray through the spirit. Well, I'll get it when so-and-so lays their hand on me. I'll get it if they come and shake me. I can, no, 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 no. I get it because I begin to pray until the Holy Ghost come. Oh, I don't make any pretensions. I'm not even. I was in, I'll tell you where it really started for me. Now, I was raised around Pentecost and in our church, all that kind of stuff. Y'all heard some of it. I, and I ain't got time for it. But when I came back to God, I was just happy to be saved. I really didn't know if God would let me be saved, but he did. And so I began to to try just to please God. That's all I wanted to do. And it was a, we didn't do it very long. We had early morning men's prayer, and and I worked with a fellow. We'd get there. I mean, early to them was was 7. We was already getting on the road early, so so we'd get there about 6.30. And I remember my pastor, he was in there, one particular service, men's prayer day. And I mean, he was talking to God, talking in tongues. There was such a power. I had never felt anything like that in my life. 
I sat down here. I was sitting on the front row, and it caught my attention. And I just looked. And tears coming out. I said, God, I said, I want that type of prayer life. I want that type of anointing, not just to cry and weep, but to learn how to pray until I broke through to something in the Holy Ghost. Oh, we've got a lot of folks that know how to, oh, thank God for all that. But I'm talking about praying through. How much power do you want in the Holy? What do you want the power to do? You just want to cry and moan and groan and just try to call it intercession. And there's a lot of folks that ain't interceding. They're just venting. They learn how to just begin to weep and mourn. It's like one lady at a church I was at every, about 3 o'clock every day. She'd come in and just, ah, ah. And after a while, I got tired of, ah. There wasn't nothing behind it. Didn't feel no Holy Ghost, no nothing. Somewhere in one of them services, I said, Sister, I said, that ain't of the Lord. You thought I hit her, made her mad. I said, that's not of God. I said, when you get done, there ought to be a witness of the Holy Ghost. There ought to be a joy. There ought to be a countenance change. Well, praise you. You read your Bible. There's a countenance change that comes when someone's really been in intercession, when someone's really touched God, when the power of the Holy Ghost has moved through. That's what I look for. I see people talking in tongues. Oh, thank God for them talking in tongues. But if they talk in tongues, put their hands down, and they got the same look of depression and the same look of oppression, I ain't real happy about tongue talking. But let somebody get into the power of God. Let them talk in tongues. And you watch a smile come on their face. And you watch a load begin to lift. And even if it's in tears, when they get done, there's a happiness. Man, I'm thankful. God's done something great. Why? Because I allowed the power to do something way beyond what he normally would be allowed to do. Celebrate in the present. Now, now, I mean, Pastor, we... I, if I'd had notes, I'd given it to him, but I'd had given my phone in my Bank of America account. And I'm not, and so, um, but he's all, that word praise. I mean, there's six, seven different words. That word halal, halal. Now you had you had Jah on it. That's hallelujah. But the word halal, the word halal means to be bright. It means to shine. It means to be. It means to be clamorously foolish. And and this is I think this is the neatest. I love this. It's the neatest definition in Jewish law. In Jewish law, when they declare somebody legally insane, they say they are halal. Read it. When remember when, when David went to the to that king and he's scratching and and, and, and just all kinds of uh, he's spitting on his face and spitting on the ground and he's trying he's acting insane, and the king said. What need do I have of any more mad men? The word mad there is the same word we translate for praise, which is halal. What in the world do I need, guys, that are acting crazy for uh, clamorously foolish? Let me tell you something. If praise hasn't hit you that way in a long time, uh, it's a good time uh, to do it. Uh, if we want the sinner to do it, uh, bless your heart. Uh, you and I ought to be declared legally insane for Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Good. Boy, I can't wait for so-and-so. Ooh, I can't wait for sister so-and-so. 
I'm talking to you. Oh, God, I wish my little wife was here. Well, yeah, I tell you, little Puerto Rican mama raised, she, she raised a five-foot, five-foot little bitch. She's bigger on my legs. Every once in a while, I said, oh, honey, look, I'm getting fat. I said, you're one of my legs. I cut you off, stick you in the corner. Wouldn't miss you. And so, and she's a little old bitty thing. And, uh, and, and it was ex- holiness, trinity, and, and she, she got the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. Says, you can't stop that little woman. I mean, that little lady, she's spinning around. I, man, I wish I had her with me. She, she'd, be, she'd be amen to me right now. But she'd be running the aisle, dancing. I had folks come and say, how, do, how come your daughter's like that? I've had other folks be at some other conference somewhere. And they said, man, we can tell that's your daughter. So why is that? Because she reminds me of your mama or her mama. And she looks a little bit, oh, I hope so. That's what I want. I want the imprimatur of a spirit. To, well, praise God. I, 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 I kind of like what I see in you, Brother Jared, because I see it over here in your daddy at pre-service prayer. Hey! Oh, I, I pray. I kind of like it's passing down from daddy uh, to son. Uh, oh, uh, well, let, uh, oh, uh, we needed to hit some more of our children. Uh, we, I'm being nice right now. Uh, we needed to hit some more uh, of us uh, that when they come in from the outside. Oh, I'm just telling you, it's my desire. It is my desire in this revival. Pastor, and you know, I, I mean, I've already, I, I've loved this church, and I mean that not just because I'm here, but I'm here, but I see the desire, I, and I know it's been beat down, and I know all of that, but I know God has been bringing it forward and forward and forward, and it's time. It's time. It's time to go beyond and thank God for the foundation uh, of teaching uh, and preaching, because that's what produces. But let me tell you something. There's a lot of churches that have good preaching, uh, and they have good teaching, but they're dead uh, because they have forgotten uh, what it was like uh, to be spiritually free the letter killeth uh, but the or the law killeth the letter killeth but the spirit uh, giveth life uh, not just tongue talking every once in a while not just pointing to a service here uh, or a service way over there uh, but an inebriated place uh, where folks come in and they feel uh, the liberty of the Holy Ghost celebrate in the presence I can't help but think I mentioned the other day Jeff Queen Jeff died in 2016 Jeff big old guy bigger than me Jeff died of cancer he couldn't hardly go to church anymore all that kind of stuff last two months he was in a hospital bed and, and died that way one of the last services he was at now Jeff is bigger than me a little taller when he the, the last picture that they have of Jeff, he's a little thinner than you are. My wife's got it on her phone. I keep forgetting to get it from her. In that picture, Jeff's wife, who died about two months after he did, who was her own self, had a lot of physical problems, obviously. And, and she's sitting in the, in the seat like this two months before he passes. His last set of series of services. And Jeff is sprawled, soaking wet shirt. He's sprawled like this, talking in tongues. To the very last moment that he could do anything for God. We're singing, celebrating in the presence of the king. And I think of a Jeff Queen. 
If there wasn't anybody to pray through or pray with. Oh, well, we expect that of the blacks. We expect that of the Mexicans. We expect that of a whole lot of different cultures. No, God expects it of everyone. He said, halal. He said to praise him like you lost your mind. There's a time and a place for that. I'm just telling you, we've touched that place. But we haven't got there yet. That's not a knock. That's just a statement of fact. You all going to have to decide whether or not you want to get there. Because that's what breaks revivals through. Everybody talks about verbal beads. I've read his books over and over and over and over again. Matter of fact, early years of my ministry, I can't tell you how many times I, something would either happen in a service and I'd go and I'd be reading his book and it would be almost the exact same thing. And I didn't even, I mean, God had given me some wisdom on how to handle it. Other times I'd read and it happened in a church service. I can't explain all. I'm just telling you what's happened to me. But they talk about all of them service way back there. We need to have that stuff here today. You know how it happened? I've read his books. I've had elders talk to me. Every one of us said, Savala, somewhere in those revival, there would come such a wave. It would start with prayer. Now, sometimes you'd go into a place, right? Coming into here, we don't got to work on prayer a whole lot. To pray in church, Pastor. Oh, we can always do better. But I've been in churches, there ain't much prayer. You gotta dig in consecration. You gotta see it's almost a rebuking spirit that comes in and it's pounding. Oh, I know, everybody in here, we could always pray, we could always pray more. Yeah, I know there's a lot of folks. Well, if I had more time to pray, well, what do you do with the time you got? Because you ain't gonna get more time until God trusts you with the time that He's given you. Oh, hallelujah. Well, I just hit that. I, I, I may mention this at that, at whatever thing we're doing, the M&Ms or all that, or the, I don't know, the pebbles and the whatever. And so, uh, whatever that is. So I may mention this again. Hey, when I was, when I was starting to evangelize, I was working full-time. My first revival, I was working full-time construction, and I had to drive an hour and a half to get to the revival service. I work all day. I'd get up at 6.30 in the morning, 7 o'clock on the job site. I mean, just all the stuff that go, everybody, all you all that's done that, you understand what I'm talking about? Get up there, drive back home, shower, and most of the time that was the drive, and my shower was my prayer time. And we had great revival, but I felt condemned. And I went to my pastor, I said, man, I said, I'm not able to fast. I'm not able to pray uh, like I want to. God's doing things, but I feel like a Let me tell you something. The devil will try, when you're doing your best, try and knock you, you ain't doing enough. You're either not doing enough or you're doing it wrong. That's the accuser of the brethren. You either ain't doing it enough uh, or you know you should be doing more. He's going to knock you that way. Somewhere, my pastor helped me. He said, listen, Savala. He said, Brother Joe. He said, I want to tell you something. He said, are you doing everything you know how to do and, and, and do right your supply until God calls you to full-time ministry? As long as you're doing everything you can with the time you got to honor God, God will honor you. But the moment you have more time to do something and you squander it, then you're in trouble with God. Man, that set me free. I'm telling you, I went from there. Some of you right now, some of the struggles you have, well, God, I'm not doing enough, but you're working a job. You got a family. You got this. You got these things over here. You got responsibilities in the church. And if you're not careful, the enemy will say, you ain't got a right to really get to loose of the Holy Ghost uh, you need to pray through all the time oh, God have mercy 
And you need to get a revelation tonight. God, I'm doing the best I can. I'm going to do better as I can. But tonight, I'm going to have joy. I'm going to have peace. I'm going to have a spirit of praise. Hey, folks, the weekend's coming. It's going to be busy. It's not going to be time for us. It's going to be time for the sinners. You better have something that'll bubble over. You better have something that when they get here, I'm not just tired and exhausted and just hoping something'll happen. All right. I I, I could tell you all what to do, but I'm not going. I hate cheerleading. So I'm going to give you one other example. Solomon. Solomon. I'm running a good message. This is a good message, a whole message, but I'm just going to, I'm going to cut it down. Solomon, David's son. Solomon, wise of submit. Solomon is the man who enters the pages of his kingdom as the most blessed king. The Bible says there is no, there, there was no, he, he didn't even have any family problems. The Bible said everybody in the kingdom, including his family, was at peace with him. That's a miracle. Solomon writes the book of Ecclesiastes called The Preacher. I suppose he was saved. For a long time I didn't feel like he was, and now I'm not certain, so I hope he is. But nonetheless, he ends up, this is, the, this is his, whole, his whole perspective of serving God. And while it is right for us, I want you to notice the contrast between two men. The best that Solomon, the wise man, can come up with in a relationship with God at the end of Ecclesiastes. And let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. It is the duty of man to fear God, keep his commandments. Is that what it says? That's the best that a man who started with everything good can come up with, with a relationship with God. He leaves life. Everything is vanity and vexation of spirit. Nothing's good. Can't find, I I mean, I might find one honest man in a thousand. I can't find one honest woman in a thousand. What a jaded man. Didn't start that way. But the best he could come up with at the end of his life, and I'm going to tell you, serving God, there's a, it is, it, there's, a, there's a duty principle to it, and there's a fear of God to it. I'm going to tell you, there is. And when, when it's not joy and all that, that's what you fall back on. But if that's all you got, if it, at best you'll be a miserable apostolic. At best, uh, all it's going to be is legalism, and i got to do this, and I just don't want to go to hell, and, and I, I'm just I'm gonna, I'm just going to grit it out. It's kind of like the fella that told me when I was first evangelizing, we're sitting down on his porch, and him and his wife was getting ready to celebrate, I think, 30 years of marriage. And he said, Brother Savala, I just want to tell you something. He said, about marriage, he said, you know what? He said, uh, you know, after a while, you just stop loving one another, really. He said, it's just a duty. We're just committed to one another. I remember looking at him, and I thought, my God, if that's what it, all it is, I'm going to shoot myself right now. <laughs> I'm just telling you the truth. Ain't no way I'd want to be married 30 years. Someone I'm just committed to. Come on, baby, we're committed. It's a duty to kiss you. It's a duty to hug. It's a duty to hold your hand. Oh, no, 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 man, I kind of like it. (laughs) I liked it 25 years ago. I like it today. Hey, 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 man, I'm just, why? Notice daddy. 
Notice his daddy. His daddy, he said in one verse, Thou crowns the year with thy goodness. Name me one year in David's life when he wasn't having problems. Find me one time in David's life when somebody wasn't chasing him, when some type of family problem wasn't going on, but he said, no, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You got a son that's got everything handed to him and it's just a duty. It's just, it's just fearing God. But you got another man. You can't find a year without problems. But he said, I'm going to rejoice. What thing have I desired of the Lord? What do you want the power? Watch this. David didn't have the Holy Ghost. David didn't have the Holy Ghost, folks. David was one of those that looked into it. They wanted to know about it. Oh, they heard prophecies about it. They didn't know what it was all called, but they knew some type of promise was coming. And those people, they did their best to worship God. They did their best to praise him. And you and I got the Holy Ghost. We got what they looked into. We got what they wanted and desired. Love you, Jesus. I told my wife when we were pastor, we used to sing that song. When the Spirit of the Lord comes upon my heart. Y'all ever seen that here? Everybody sings it's lying. They don't do it. That's why I told my wife, so we ain't singing that song no more. Don't sing it. So we lie. When the Spirit of the Lord comes upon my heart. Now we do, I will clap. Oh, that's easy. I clap. I clap. Can't wait to get out of here. I clap. I, I'll jump. You got tiptoe praise. Just kind of bounce on the balls of your feet. You know. I'll run if I got to. But dance, <laughs> you're out of your mind. I only do that when the spirit moves me. I mean. You know, I don't care if you ain't got no rhythm. I mean, there's, there's some old dance steps I still do. I do them to Jesus. God's honest truth. I, there's some stuff. I can't do the splits no more. I used to be able to do James Brown splits. Hi. Say to you. <laughs> Jump back, won't kiss Jesus. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, I wish Pentecost would have got a hold of that stuff long before he did. Oh, they talk about, I feel good. I feel good, but I got the Holy Ghost. I feel good, and it ain't a drug. It ain't some illicit relationship, but that's what they're trying to manufacture. That's what, years ago, Pastor, you remember this. Some of you older ones remember this. Years ago, they used to have signs on liquor stores and stuff. said, wine and spirit. Spirits. S on the end. Whole bunch of them. Why? Because they're trying their best to manufacture what the Spirit of God does. But the best they can do is get folks drunk and so inebriated that they do sinful things of the flesh. God doesn't do that. But you can get drunk on the Holy Ghost. 
I've seen folks get drunk on the Holy Ghost and when they got up, uh, they were healed uh, of a disease. Uh, I've seen them get up uh, and the problem that they had was gone. I've seen them get up from it uh, and the trial didn't go away, uh, but they got a joy uh, like they never had before. What do you want the power to do? What do you want the power to do tonight? Now here it is, folks. No visitors tonight. In a way, that's kind of good because they really wouldn't understand this type of story. Let's just be crazy to them. Unless they're really hungry. And that's okay. So you know what the Holy Ghost is doing tonight? He's, he's getting us to a place for the weekend. So we can enter the weekend if we don't grab a hold of what God wants to do tonight. We can enter the weekend drained, tired. In our own efforts, we're doing it for God. There's a reason why the scripture says, don't get weary in well-doing. So we're going to work hard. The folks are going to be here tomorrow. They'll be here the next day. They'll be service tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. No days off for most of us. The body's going to get tired. Some of us, the body's already tired. Some of you, you don't know how to control your mind. And it's not that your body's tired. Your mind makes your body tired because you're already at the end of something. And so you can't enjoy the process. You're just thinking about all the work to get there. Rather than today is a day that the Lord has made. I'll rejoice. I'm going to get done what I can today. But I'm going to save something for Jesus today. And tomorrow's the next. Well. Ah, hallelujah. What do you want the power to do today? How do you want it to affect your life here in just the next few moments? We're going to praise the Lord here in a minute. This time, no songs, no music. Oh, I've been praying for some of you, some of our young people. I see folks get the Holy Ghost. I'm just, I'm really excited because I, I just know what, I, I know what the Lord is going to do. I know that this is breaking and it's going to break. So you don't have an evangelist here just marking time, getting a paycheck and all that kind of garbage and, and all that has its place for somebody else. But I'm just telling you, if something ain't breaking where I am, I'd rather be home. I, I, there's been many times that God, I just quit, go, I'd, I'd rather go work a job than preach God's word and know what I know he can do and not, ha, not expect it and just, just go through service and preach a good little message and folks go, boy, that was good preaching and, and boy, I, I got a little touch, but no change. So I'm not here for changes or for touches. I'm here for changes. Now, Jesus... I just did everything I could with Bank of America's motto and, and, and the thoughts that you gave me, Jesus. So you help us here and confirm your word here to your people in just a few moments. Lord, we love you. I thank you, God, for what you're going to do because I can't do it. And I love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, everybody stand. Here's what we're going to do. Now, 
I'm going to ask you something. I'll just tell you one, one little story. Years ago, I preached church. I was there for, I don't know, I think it was two services. And, uh, and Pastor, now I wasn't there for revival. It's just one of them deals you know, they found out I was in the area and they said, hey, can you come? So I came. And, uh, but I never approach a service as just, well, I'm just preaching and move on. And so, Scott, what do you want to do here tonight? How do, you, how do I help them? And, and, and it was a service where it, it was almost like this, this atmosphere. And, uh, but they didn't have enough time to get adjusted to me, nor I to them. And uh, they, had a, they had a bar stool up on the platform. I got done preaching. And uh, I told them, here's what the Holy Ghost wants to do. The Spirit wants to sweep through this place. Folks are going to leave here drunk in the Holy Ghost and so forth. And everybody, they kind of stand just like everybody here. Really? Okay. And so I went and I put the little bar stool right here. And I sat down on it. And I looked at them. And I said, okay, you all looked at me long enough. Now I'm going to watch you. And so presently, a, a little, one of the older, older ladies in the church, she does this, this, she makes one laugh around the deal. When she comes back, two other young ladies follow her. And they come. And about the third time around, something just blew up in the middle of that place. And the pastor said, He's, he was grabbing me. That person right there, they haven't done it. They haven't acted like that in years. That one over there, that's the first time that's ever happened to him. I didn't do nothing. I simply preached what God wanted me to preach. And then now, you all have to respond to it accordingly. If you want a true time of refreshing to come to you tonight. God isn't going to make one person in this building do anything. It'll be because you decided to begin to stir up the gift. And when you're all done, you'll know that a time of refreshing has come. We've had some good services up to this point. So what are you going to do? What do you want the power to do tonight? You got it. What do you want to do with it? <laughs> 